104.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now... Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Good holiday weekend to you. Good Labor Day weekend to you. This is Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. We're glad to have you with us. Blessed to have you as a part of our audience. Blessed when you give us any possibility of your time. This is where we talk pro wrestling. Here on the station, we've done it for five and a half years. And by we, I mean Brandon Hagney, David Reed, myself, Jason Martin. Brandon Hagney not with us this week. He's out of town. And we're hoping that house is still out there. That's the one thing that we will say as of right now. As big things on the horizon for a lot of people on this show. At least two-thirds of us. I guess technically all of us have a lot of things going on. And so we continue to pass like ships in the night as it relates to having the three of us. I think... We got it done on SummerSlam Sunday. Hopefully we'll be able to do it again <clears throat> next week, perhaps. But Clash of Champions still a few weeks out. One thing we have to admit right now, uh, this show is not live. So we can't talk about All Out. That happened yesterday. If big things happened on that show, or regardless, we will talk about it next week in great detail, potentially with a guest. But we have to talk about everything else that has happened before because right now you're hearing my voice and I'm not speaking to you from Philadelphia, which is where I happen to be. So Raw and SmackDown this week had their own highs and lows. Really? Tell me about those highs. Tell me tell me where the highs were so I can go back and watch those. I thought Ricochet and Drew McIntyre had a great match on Monday night. Okay, I'll give you that. I also thought that Ali and Buddy Murphy had a great match on Tuesday night. Okay. 30 and, minutes worth of television. And... Uh, <laughs> Over the course of five hours. And a lot of people really raved about Sasha Banks' promo that opened Raw. I can't quite get there. I thought that she was better on the mic there than she has been attitude-wise. The problem for the Sasha Banks angle is what she is saying is what most of the fans want to hear, which means they're not giving her heel heat. Yes, she's gone after the anvil, and Becky is Becky, but Sasha's saying that she wanted a better spot. That's generally what she's saying, that she was upset. And most of the fans that are in the know that already knew about her crying on the floor at WrestleMania and going home knew that what she was saying wasn't true. She's not speaking to the, the large part of the audience that already knew that story knows the real story, which is she was upset because she thought they were going to get a major run with those titles, not that she did not care about them, which is not a great look for Sasha to say, I didn't care about these titles, and I was relegated to this match. Well, you were the first champs. So what exactly does that say for you? But the problem is she's saying she needs a better spot. That's what most fans, I think, wanted for Sasha Banks. So they're not going to boo her for saying that because they agree with her. And it never made any sense to introduce those women's tag titles and not keep them on someone for an extended period of time to legitimize those titles. Or just don't have them, period. Yes, because once once you put them on the Iconics, they did not matter anymore, and you're going to have to go a long way to get me to care about those anymore. You're going to have to put them on Oscar and Kyrie Sane for me to care and leave them there for like a year. I don't even know if I'll... I, don't even I just know love enough. those two women, and I would like to think that if you put the titles on them, maybe you'd do something with them, although the... Whoever is holding those titles, it's not like they matter. No. 
Also, this wild card rule, which is going to go to an end when SmackDown starts, they're going to have more separate rosters again when the Fox show begins. There's no reason whatsoever for Bailey to have been on Raw on Monday night. None. She's the SmackDown women's champion, has a random match with Nikki Cross, and even worse, shouldn't Bailey have had something to say about Sasha, considering Sasha's tag partner was Bailey? And basically, Sasha threw those titles and that partnership completely under the bus when she left. For her not to comment, just to show up and have a random match that no one cared about at all. You want to talk about filler on a television show? That was filler on a television show. And an eight tag team turmoil match is not filler. Like that right. is. How about the fact that the Street Profits told us what a tag team turmoil match is, mm-hmm. and all they really had to say was. It's a gauntlet match because that's all it is. I mean, that there's nothing else to it than that. And then you get these contrived, please don't put the OC, don't put Anderson and Gallows out there with, uh, I guess it was the Revival, and have that thing be a one-minute. Or no, it was the Viking Raiders. It was the Viking Raiders and the OC went to yeah. a one-minute double disqualification because they didn't want to beat either one of them. But the biggest problem I had with the Street Profits being the ones to talk about this is why didn't they at, the, at some point stop talking and just say, hey, Montez, I got a question for you. Why the hell are we not in this thing? They're the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, and allegedly, reportedly, Heyman, who does have a, a good amount of control right now on Raw, does not want them to wrestle on the show until they are over, until they are established and over, because he knows that they just put them out there now Vince is just going to beat them, and he wants them to actually be something when they start. But is that what this is accomplishing? That's you're just, the question. You're just showing me them backstage week after week after week, and at this point it's just nonsense to me. And we also know they can work because we've seen them in NXT. Like They'd be a good addition to I the tag division. Once they went through seven teams, and then there were still one team left out there, and I thought that's what it was going to be, but no, that's not what it was. No, I mean, and look at the teams that they had. Brian Alvarez made a point that I didn't think about. But so Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode win the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Both those guys can work. Maybe that's a good team. But what does it say about your tag division when established teams that have been together forever do jobs for guys that they've never cared about on TV? Like Ziggler just got finished getting beaten like a drum by everybody, Kofi and everybody else. And Bobby Roode's barely even on TV. And you partner those two guys up, and they're beating the Revival and Anderson and Gallows and the Viking Raiders and teams that actually are tag teams. What does that say when your actual tag teams can't beat a pairing of random guys that Vince has dropped the ball with for years? It it says that Vince is still in control and he doesn't like any of those teams over two what he perceives as superstars. He would rather put two superstars together. But are they superstars? Then establish. He thinks apparently he thinks Dolph Ziggler is. I mean, look at Bobby Roode. Uh, no, I I understand. I love Bobby I'm with Roode. you. I'm with you. But how much have we gotten Dolph Ziggler forced down our throats for the past two and a half months? Someone there thinks he's a superstar. I mean, we agree. I like watching Dolph work. I still I enjoy watching work, but I don't have any. He doesn't have the credibility with no. me. It's just I, I don't know. I was that, that was the most random thing ever. And, but as soon as they they said that those two were going to be teaming together, I knew that they were going to be the ones that come out of this. 
some way, form, or fact. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be the end of the end, and all of a sudden, heavy machinery walks out, and it's going to be heavy machinery taking on Rollins. And, and they could have easily won. But I, And then you've got the idea that Rollins, who's not there on Monday, him and Becky are not there. I assume they're celebrating an engagement. I saw some, I saw some uh, photos on Instagram that would indicate they're not in the country. Yeah, it's just weird that you get engaged and you go celebrate that out of the country. Yeah, like, I mean, I look, I got engaged. You guys were there the night that it happened. We had some ice cream. We had a good time. We hung out that weekend. I was still at work. I don't like, know. I still, I still have my show the next out. night. You missed out on the trend nowadays. You should have ended up in Europe somewhere. I'm celebrating on the 23rd of September. Like, I'm, I feel like I can maybe save it all just, for the honeymoon. Maybe they're just all celebrating now because this is truly a work and it's never going to last. But we saw an interview. This is the reason I mentioned this. We saw an interview with Seth Rollins backstage with Braun Strowman where they set up this universal championship match between the two of them because I guess they're working twice, which I don't know if Braun ever needs to work twice, but he's going to work twice at Clash of Champions. And then later they say Seth's not here, obviously. He's not here tonight. He's not on the show. They showed an interview with him in the back and did not say this was filmed last week or anything else. This is the kind of stuff that crushed WCW. The stuff where it's not that the logic failed. It's that the timeline didn't make sense. There were multiple occasions that we saw results spoiled through replays on Nitro of things that had not actually happened yet on TV. Things that happened on WCW Saturday night that had not happened yet on TV being commented on because that was how bad the quality control was. And that's what feels like it's happening increasingly in WWE, regardless of whether Heyman has any control or not. Yeah, I just don't understand if he wasn't there, why why even run the interview? Because it was going to be apparent that he wasn't there because of the end of Raw. Like, Braun's facing down the OC by himself, and his tag team partner who holds the belt opposite of him is not going to show up to help. Yeah. I didn't think it was a terrible Raw. I do think that they have dropped the ball with Drew McIntyre. I think the King of the Ring tournament has been pretty good, actually. Like, they've had finishes in these matches. They've got people that you kind of want to see wrestle in these matches. And then you've got Baron Corbin, who may actually win the thing in the end. You can't You can't do that. I hope not. I hope that's not what we're headed for. I mean, this for. has always, from its inception, been a way to elevate a guy. Yes, he does not need elevating. I look at that tournament right now. Ricochet would be a perfect winner. He even had the King Ricochet gimmick in Japan, yes. which was not trademarked, so he could use it. If not him, Cedric. Like somebody somebody young that just needs something else. Or you've already got a queen, Zelina, so why not let it be King Andrade and okay give him a little bit I'm, of extra? I'm, I'm, I'm basically okay with everyone but Baron Corbin. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, to be quite honest with you, and I don't, I mean, has Andrade learned enough English where Vince McMahon Let's needs Selena him worthy enough? Him. <laughs> no, that would be too simple. That would be way too simple. I, do we need Corbin and Miz on no, Monday night? No. You know what the longest match was on television this week on WWE? Let me tell you what it wasn't. Ali and Buddy Murphy. Was it Bailey Chad Gable? And, yes. It yeah. was, no, it was, uh, was it Bailey that worked? Was it Tuesday night, Bailey and Lacey Evans? Oh no, I was talking about Bailey and uh, Nikki Cross. No, that was that one wasn't too long. I think it was Bailey and Lacey Evans, and it was by far the longest match of the week, I believe, on TV, and one of the worst because Lacey has no business being in a ring yet. Not not on TV. She still needs to be training and working, which apparently she's working hard, but 
some people are not cut out for this, especially when they've already been thrown out there. But the Bailey Nikki Cross match felt like it took forever because not a soul made no, a sound. The same thing happened to Gable and Benjamin, which made me sick. Yeah. And that was the tag team match. The crowd was dead for that too. All 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 the four of the tag team matches, it was pretty dead for. I just I don't Yeah, and and I didn't think of it at the time, but Bailey being there on Monday night and not if she was there to interrupt Sasha. Sasha, why don't you set that match up by Bailey coming out and interrupting Sasha, and then Nikki and Alexa show up? At least you have some some way to get to that match, which makes no sense. Because I mean, what? Why? Why were they setting that match up? What? What led to that match? The match of Bailey and Nikki and Cross. Cross. I guess because Bailey and Alexa still have trouble, and since Nikki's one half of the but, tag champs, they wanted to put the somebody last, out that she could beat. The last we saw of Bailey, she was attacking Charlotte. Yes. On their talk show. Yeah, because that's the match that's happening at Clash of Champions. Uh, I don't know. It was it was a terrible week of television, if you ask me. Like I even it was so bad that I forgot about Drew McIntyre and Ricochet. And it was good. Like that yes. was a really good match and had a clean finish. I mean, Ricochet just beat him. But that's where I'm saying you're dropping the ball with Drew because Drew's a main eventer. Mm-hmm. He's got there's nothing he lacks. He can talk. He looks like about thirty million dollars. He can work. He's got size. He's got long hair. That's that's Vince right there. Like, you've got everything Vince wants, but they have not protected Drew McIntyre very well at all. Like, this spot that was him and Ricochet, you could have had anybody in that spot for Ricochet to beat. Like, put Cesaro in there and have him beat Cesaro. It's not going to hurt him at this point in time. Cesaro's a mechanic. He's a carpenter. That's what he's going to be used for to be a credible guy that can lose and elevate other people. And I think Cesaro's happy to do that, and they're going to have great matches till the end of time, at least until Cesaro's just done working like that. But beating Drew clean after everything we've seen Drew kind of play with Shane McMahon and all this, I just don't think that's what I would be doing with Drew McIntyre. But it seems like a very Vince McMahon WWE thing to do, to look at, to look at Drew and then look over at Roman and be like, well, these two guys are just too similar. We can't have both of these guys at the top at once. Yeah, you can, first of all. And two, no, they're not. They're, Speaking of they're, Roman. They're, they're guys with long hair, lots of muscles. That's enough for Vince yeah. McMahon to draw a comparison between the two. Speaking of Roman Reigns, the end of the whodunit Tuesday night on SmackDown was a thing that they did on TV. And it was a thing that I heard Wade Keller, the Pro Wrestling Torch, call the single worst angle and conclusion to an angle in pro wrestling history. That might be an exaggeration. Maybe we'll come up with a list. We'll talk about some of the worst that we can think of. But he does have a case. It was awful, dreadful, and why would we have expected any less? We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio here on a Labor Day holiday weekend. Glad to have you with us. David Reed, Jason Martin with you. Brandon Hagney is out. We're on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. David's at David Reed Radio. I'm at Jmart Zone. Brandon's at Hag Haney. And Roman Reigns was attacked by Eric Rowan, which, of course, we already knew. Wait a minute. You mean it wasn't the guy that we no. saw last week that had the, the, the his beard dyed red that kind of yeah. looked like? Yeah, no. Rowan, if you were kind of like 
very intoxicated or really sleepy and no it wasn't nearsighted it was eric rowan and the this was so poorly done i think it's been poorly done from the beginning the reason why i can't agree with wade keller saying it's the worst angle and uh payoff in pro wrestling history is i didn't expect it to pay off well i already thought it was bad before i didn't think last week was clever i didn't think any of this has been clever I think it's all been like exceedingly phony with all these weird camera angles. And now you get this new security cam footage. Let's stop for a second and think about the fact that someone is attempting to murder Roman Reigns. And I guess WWE is doing no investigation. You didn't turn into this that over whatsoever. To the authorities at some point. You would think that there would be a lot more going on. Yeah. And then footage gets unearthed out of nowhere that is grainy like csi couldn't have made this thing work this is a film it just shows someone that kind of looks like rowan in the background and immediately rowan says i did it and then daniel bryan starts smacking him to try and sell that he had nothing to do with it this footage (laughs) this camera shot proved nothing nothing like this there's no way you could have looked at that and said okay that's rowan and not the imposter that's bad enough and then it just, he, Daniel Bryan comes out and he starts screaming and then Roman Reigns spears him. If I'm Roman Reigns and I'm Daniel Bryan, this is where I go full on Randy Orton and see if I do have the power to just say, hey, Vince, no, man. Like, we got to come up with something better than this. Like, if you don't have the power to try and get this stopped, who does have any authority in this company? I mean, it's so Scooby-Doo. Like, that's the thing about it. And I love Scooby-Doo, but it was too Scooby-Doo for me. I, I don't I, – is that what we needed? Is this what we needed? Is this how we were always going to get to Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns? Like, why couldn't – They didn't give us SummerSlam because they're t- – this is what we heard. Their timeline was off. They got it wrong when they were putting it together. They needed a few more weeks to pay off the angle to set up the match. So they take them off of SummerSlam. They take two gigantic stars that have no business not being on that card off that card so that they can tell the story they want to tell. This is the story they needed to tell. This is why they had to delay that match and take it off of the third biggest show of the year because you needed time to get to this. This Rowan imposter thing. You remember originally we were like, oh, well, maybe it could be somebody that they're bringing up. It could be somebody new. And so there could have been any number of folks that might have done this, maybe some NXT call-ups or somebody of that nature. I suggested, even though I didn't think that it would potentially be great for him in the long term and because he was banged up, it probably wouldn't be him. But you have to look at the motivations. And I could see Tommaso Ciampa doing this. Like, you could yeah. have had this be the way you bring in a Tommaso Ciampa type. Something like that. Somebody we haven't seen. Somebody that's in NXT that's being called up or whatever. It turns out to be Rowan and this weird, convoluted, terribly acted because none of them can... No, they all realize how ridiculous it is. So Daniel Bryan's constantly trying not to break and laugh. And Roman Reigns is stuck on camera looking like a complete idiot. And now we're getting a match that you could have just done something real easy to set this up and we would have bought it because it's Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. You don't have to write yourself into 17 different holes when you've got guys that talented. Right, and it's it's the new Daniel Bryan. It's the heel Daniel Bryan. It's the guy who has no problem just walking out and, 
and taking someone to task, which yeah. is exactly how you're going to set this up. Yeah. Daniel Bryan could have been really mad that uh, Roman Reigns was getting opportunity after opportunity, and guys like him were just sitting back in the back by the wayside. Yeah. And you didn't have to do any of it. So this has been like seven weeks to get to this, I think. Maybe eight. Seven or eight weeks. And this was, I guess, the payoff. I don't know if there's going to be something that explains it next week that will bail it out. But so Wade Keller, the torch, says this is the worst thing he's ever seen in the history of pro wrestling. Worst angle because it was such a waste of time. I don't know if I can go there just because I didn't expect it to be that good, but I'm trying to think of something that took that long that was that lame when we got there. Like, you can point to Vince Russo and David Arquette and stuff like that, but that was like one-night stuff. And those weren't like one storyline. It was just whoever won the championship, it made no sense, and WCW was awful, and there's a kiss demon, and there's major guns, and there's all the stuff that was just dreadful towards the end of WCW's run. But, like, a storyline that seemed to matter, that they were building something around to get to a match, what was worse than this? Triple H and Kane with Katie Vick. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if that that was just so long, or it was just so terrible that we think it drug out for longer than it is. That was the first thing that came to my mind when when you read me his comments. Like I was like, but this dude's forgotten about Katie Vick. But th- it seems like maybe that wasn't as long as we remember it being. It was just as terrible as anything's we'd ever seen. Yeah, the Arquette thing happened so fast and didn't last all that long. But it is a it is a blight on WCW for. for forever uh, there's got to there's got to be something that we're overlooking and i'm sure someone on twitter will let us know at zone wrestling um i mean you could talk about bad gimmicks and misusing people but well, here okay so um, we were on hand for this maybe survivor series and the build-up to roman reigns finally winning the title only to Sheamus. have Sheamus show up and cash in yeah and that was a bad next month too with that league of nations i think it was the league of nations at that point in time with like him and rusev and Alberto and Wade Barrett, I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was not good either. I, Jericho and Ambrose wasn't particularly good with Mitch and the talk yeah. shows, but they were so talented, they were at least able to make something out of nothing there. I'm trying to think of, like, bad comedy at uh, this point. Shawn Michaels and God versus McMahon. Yeah, that's that's on a completely different plane of bad I had forgotten all about that. As a matter of fact, I appreciate you reminding me of how wonderful that actually was. This morning. Yeah. I mean, what else is out there? I'm trying to think of like, well, you know, Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. If you want to just look recently, but we uh, yeah, never got but, that Sister we, Abigail we, match. We, we didn't, and, and my my fear is... Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, maybe. My fear is that that's been just put on pause. They're going to pick up exactly where they wanted that thing to go whenever Finn comes back and, and finally meets Bray. I still think that he should have beaten a demon if you really wanted to do something with the Fiend. I understand that you can oh, now build to a Fiend-Demon match. When it happens, the Fiend either wins or that character means nothing. Yep. And maybe it means nothing anyway. I mean, did we see it on TV this week at all? Uh, we saw like a Firefly Funhouse like recap deal. I don't think that you need to see him every week. I think that not seeing that character every week is probably good. But he hasn't been established just yet. No, and either. I'm also, and I'm maybe the only one, I'm going to be disappointed if you just give me the fiend and not the friend. Like, I need to see 
the Bray split Rogers. personality. Yeah, I need to see the other side of this. I need to see the sweater vest and Bray Wyatt at some point. Kind of feels like we're not, right? I don't think we are. I think The Fiend is now the name. It's not even Bray Wyatt anymore. It's just The Fiend is the yeah. only thing that exists. So all of that Firefly Funhouse stuff that we saw originally is just going to get dropped. Yeah, Just like really whatever Shelton Benjamin's been doing with his eyes over the past month, they're yeah. never going to address that. Chad Gable taking notes in the back for but, some unknown reason. They're never going to address that. Uh, by the way, I, I can't take Chad Gable serious with that haircut. He's never should have cut his hair. He never should have. He looks like an. He looks like some frat boy somewhere, on any campus across this this country. He is indistinguishable. When I first saw him after the haircut, I really did not even know who he nah, was. Me either. Me either. It was it was a huge mistake. It hasn't done anything for his career to have done it. I don't know if they asked him to do it or if he just decided to do it. I, I don't think he. Ha- I don't think he has the position in the company to not let someone know that right. hey, I'm going to go cut my hair. Right. I mean, him and Shelton had a really good match for four minutes. Yeah. Do you know that before Vince tore up the script via the phone, didn't even go to the show, but over the phone tore up the, tore up the show on Tuesday and then rewrote it. Before that point, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable were going to get 12 minutes. That was cut to four. Mustafa Ali, I'm sorry, Ali and Buddy Murphy was eight. So the 12-minute match that we were going to get from Gable and Benjamin became both of those matches put together. And then Bailey and Lacey Evans had a longer match than both of the ones that I just mentioned to you. Also buddy Murphy and and Ali. That was really good. And then afterwards, buddy Murphy shook hands with Ali and raised his arm. Yeah. I think buddy Murphy might be turning baby face. That's kind of where I thought this was going when they kind of inserted him into the whole Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns thing because he went out, they went out there and they gave him time to work with Roman Reigns and he got, I mean, he got himself over to people who may have not paid attention to him prior just because he was in there with Roman Reigns and I that may be the best thing, the only thing worth remembering coming out of this whole angle between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Is that it elevated Buddy Murphy accidentally? To level. Accidentally, accidentally, oh, yeah, which is purpose. amazing that that's what it took to get somebody that talented yep. on television. Yep, just dreadful. So him and Ali, I think him and Ali are guys that if this was a competently run company at the top, those two guys would be protected and getting good mid card pushes right now. And I don't mean WWE fifty fifty mid card. I mean like, I don't really want to use this name, but, like, remember when Chris Benoit was on the come up in WCW? Like, not world title Benoit, but uh, U.S. champion Benoit or tag team champion Benoit where it actually seemed to matter. Like, one of those guys. Or, like, Eddie Guerrero. Maybe that's another example. Somebody that's really on the come up. Diamond Dallas Page. Like, that's the level of talent that you're looking at. Ali's an older guy. Also, you don't have forever with him. But you look at him and Buddy Murphy and Ricochet and some of these dudes – You've got the makings of a really, really good in-ring mid-card with guys that you can do something with, but unfortunately you're in the exact wrong company to maximize what they can do. Yep, 100% correct. When we come back, I've got maybe a little bit of a hot take on one guy holding gold in WWE that maybe it's about time to move on from. We will talk about that next. Square Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone.
Squirt Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Dave, how do you feel about Nakamura and Sami Zayn? I kind of like it. There's part of me that likes it, but it's... Zayn's a manager, you know that, right? Like, he's not even wrestling anymore. It's such a it's such a waste. It just shows they don't know what to do with Sami Zayn. How do you not know what to do with Sami Zayn? Put him in a put him in a wrestling put him in a wrestling ring, let him wrestle. wrestle. Yeah, let, that's, that's all you, you need. To do. That's 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 exactly right. Maybe he, he'll be able to come back and, and he will work again. He'll make the most of this. Like it'll it'll probably help him he's, and knock him but he's already here. he's already made the most of yes. what they've given him over the po- course of the last two or three months. He is at house shows ripping posters from little children and making them cry. Yeah. If you don't know how to do something with that dude, then you don't know how to do something with anyone. Yes. Agreed. So this might be a bit of a hot take, and it's a change, but I'm just watching this, and I'm getting to the point where it might be time for a shift. Kofi's had that belt now since Mania. He's had good, not great matches since he won it. He's still throwing out pancakes and doing the New Day stuff and also at the same time being serious. I have a problem with Randy Orton threatening his family and threatening his kids and him still doing the WWE world, all of that New Day shtick. It doesn't add up to me. The way that he's – look, the New Day thing is what kind of helped get all three of those guys over, obviously, or fully got them over. Kofi had been around for a minute, but – when you're the world champion, probably shouldn't be tossing out pancakes anymore. Like, I look at that, and I see a mid-card act holding a championship. And I don't think it's Kofi's fault. I think that that's what they're asking him to do. But I don't think that it's making him appear to be the champion that we should be viewing him as. And I have a problem with that, and so I'm kind of ready to see it go to somebody else. Well, and here's the thing about it, too. And we've talked about this over the course of the life of this show of how it comes a point where a, a character, unless you're our truth, it has to evolve. And I think Kofi as a part of New Day needs to evolve. And I thought that's kind of what we were going to get when Randy Orton in, in, involved his family in this whole thing. Yeah. If there's one thing that can change someone's mentality, it's bringing their family into it. It takes everything to another level. But no, you still have him out there throwing pancakes because, again, I mean uh, – this probably goes back to Vince. If it's a good thing, just give them more of it, and that'll make it a great thing, right? I mean, Big E cut a real serious little deal where he's like, I'm not sure Randy's going to make it to Clash of Champions. Like, super serious Big E interview. And I'm like, there's a main eventer. That's the Big E we want to see. We want to see that version happen. Then they had the match with Big E and Randy Orton, and Big E spanks Randy Orton to the tune of New Day Rocks. Like, I get that that's who they are, but there is a disconnect for me where I lose how serious they could be as competitors because of the clown show. Yeah. And, and it's not that there hasn't been people who had a, a, a comedy act before have long runs as champion, but we're talking about your WWE champion. Uh, and I understand maybe in the beginning, if you wanted to have Randy Orton's seriousness, his viciousness, his unrelenting, just, lack of care for other human beings you wanted to take and compare that to Kofi who is this great story he's this fun loving guy he's got his kids on the turnbuckle celebrating at Wrestlemania that was fine in the beginning but once you involve his family once you try to take this down a serious path you can't just sit on both sides of the fence it has you have to take one path you have to take the other path and all of this, to me, I, I still want it to end up at some point being Big E and Kofi. Yeah. And I don't know how we get there with Kofi still being the 
the goofy guy throwing out pancakes because I don't see them putting I don't see them putting this title on Randy Orton. Yeah, I don't either. The other thing is you go back to like what Sasha said about Jim Neidhart and what Ambrose was forced to say about Roman Reigns leukemia. And now you've got Randy Orton saying, I'm gonna go pay your seven year old son a visit. Like Yeah. I can't buy into this WWE because you've made everything so fictitious and you've gone out of your way to make it seem fake. So this stuff is just like low rent. It's not that it it doesn't get heat for Randy Orton. It doesn't get heat for Sasha Banks. It doesn't get heat for Dean Ambrose. It gets heat on WWE. Mm-hmm. And so I hear this, and I'm just like, I know Randy Orton's a heel. Ain't nobody buying that Randy Orton is going to go into the hotel room and like have a talk with Kofi's son, which I guess is supposed to intimate he's going to threaten him, or I don't really know, <laughs> give him an RKO. I, I That whole thing is just like, you can't be that serious yeah. when everything else around it is so not. <laughs> when he said that, I just, for some reason, it popped in my mind the image of uh, Dustin Rhodes as seven, uh, just creepily <laughs> hanging out some kid's window. Uh, that's what I got of Randy Orton, just kind of hanging out at the, the Kingston estate, just peering in the window at his seven-year-old son. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm getting there with you where it's it's time to figure out what the end game is with Kofi and how we're getting him out of that, and it's got to be soon, right? We're not he's not going he's not going coast to coast WrestleMania's holding I, that. I belt. don't think so. And look, I'm not against that, but they need to tweak this act just a little bit because he cuts a serious promo, but then he's dancing, he's throwing pancakes, and you can't do both. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Ronda Rousey with her smiles and then the bell rings and then yes. Ronda Rousey like. Yeah. I need one or the other. Like, if Kofi wants to be that jovial guy, that's cool, but that's not really the world champion. Or you need to do something different with the angle. I just feel like we're getting to the end of this Kofi experiment because I don't think he's generating much reaction right now. And I didn't want that to be the case. And he's had a fairly long reign, but what has it done? Since he won the championship, what has it really meant? I don't know that it's meant more than Jinder Mahal being the champion a couple of years ago did. Well, the only the wow, Um, the only reaction he's getting is the same reaction he can get dropping the title and going back and having New Day just be New Day. Like it's not at this point, it's not anything better or worse than what New Day's ever gotten. Really, right? No, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more honestly. And then we've got. Like, if we hadn't had Samoa Joe yet, Samoa Joe would be the perfect guy to win the championship. But he's maybe going to be a babyface here soon. He's sort of on the fence, which I think brings up an interesting point about AEW. We Again, we taped this because of the holiday weekend and, and us being out of town. We had to tape it early, so we can't comment on All Out. But we can comment on the fact that it appears systemically and by design, AEW is not going to portray babies in heels they're going to portray Cody can be either side. The Young Bucks can be either side. Kenny Omega cut a promo about Ambrose and the Mercer and not being able to be there and talking about how he just went and performed in the G1, and that's great. But then Omega's like, did you win it? Because I won it the first time I was in it. And it's pretty cool, but so Omega's coming across like the heel now, and Moxley's coming across like the baby face, for example. But isn't pro wrestling kind of all about babies and heels? Or, or are we just entering something completely different at this point and AEW is going to be able to make this work? I don't know. It would be an interesting experience because I don't think we've ever had anyone actually try that. Um, we went through the Attitude Era, Attitude Era, and when we got Stone Cold Steve Austin, he wasn't 
he wasn't completely white. He wasn't completely black. He was that that shade of gray that we thought we were going to see moving forward in the business. And we really, we really haven't since Stone Cold Steve Austin. If if there's someone that's that you have in mind that I've forgotten, let me know who it is. But that would be, I think it could be an interesting experience because I don't think, not to get too philosophical, none of us is just one thing. Yeah, I agree. We're we're all, I mean, there's various shades of us on a daily basis, depending on the circumstances of what we, we're in and who we are in those circumstances with. So it's an interesting thought to me to have that played out in a professional re- wrestling atmosphere because what is it, my... Uh, my enemy's enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a very intriguing thought for me. It could be something that done right, done correctly, could set them apart. But again, I already think that watching five hours of bad television, well, four and a half hours of bad television this week, the WWE is doing a very good job of setting the table for them for whatever they want to be, as long as it's not what we're seeing on Monday and Tuesday nights. And soon Wednesdays. Soon Wednesday nights. I forgot about that. How do we feel a weekend about the NXT announcement? I, there's nothing that's changed my mind to think that they're not going to find some way to screw this thing up. It's the optimism that brings you to this show. It I is. know that, folks. It is. It's just oozing out of me this yeah. morning. Tweet us at Zone Wrestling. There are some people that did tweet us and say, yeah, we'll see how AEW does against Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I'm like, I think they're going to do just fine, actually. <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. And hello, Shane. We appreciate you chiming in. Yeah. Like, what? We got one more second. Are there really that big of, of Vince McMahon marks out there? Yeah, there are uh, people that are defending everything that they are doing right now all over the place. I don't see how, but it is happening. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Final segment here on a Sunday morning, Labor Day weekend. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. David Reed. With me, he's at David Reed Radio. I'm Jason Martin at J Mart Zone. Brandon Hagney out this week. He's at Hagney, though. We're at Zone Wrestling. And this music that you came back with, I was actually just thinking about this a couple of days ago. Is Jason Jordan just gone forever? It appears that way. I knew that the health thing was a problem, but we have not seen him mm-hmm. since that point. Now, if they were to come back and just we just forget about the Kurt Angle son thing, I'd be all right with it. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Jason Jordan get another opportunity. I thought maybe this deal with Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin might lead to Jason Jordan coming back. Let's go ahead and reform American Alpha if you're not going to do anything else because that was a great team that you also didn't know what to do with when they came up from NXT. Yeah, and the thing, there were some reports a couple months back that he was still having a lot of difficulty uh, with the nerves radiating down into his arms as far as functioning on a daily basis. That sounds like Arn Anderson. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's that's who it popped to mind when I was reading some of the reports. But there really hasn't been a whole lot of information out there about it. So there was a part of me that was still holding out hope that, one, he was going to be- become 100% healthy. And, two, exactly what you were just talking about, that they were going to – that he was on a better path than what was being reported, and they were just going to wait an extended period of time so we – could forget all about Kurt Angle and maybe even that Kurt ever returned to the WWE and that Jason Jordan was reportedly his son. You can add that you can add that to the list of terrible. We that, were talking you earlier, know what? Talking that's about on terrible. the list. Like we weren't oh, thinking yeah. about that earlier. No. That's near the top of the list. You want to yes, talk about a is. bad payoff. You took two two uh 
a great legend and a guy who had a bright upside in this business and you kind of made us want to not see either one of them but uh, i hope he's i'll be hope he's on the path to to recovery i hope that involves wrestling again at some point was that january of 28 was the last time we saw him at the royal rumble in that tag match with seth rollins where he stood outside and couldn't do anything and that was it like he was banged up and they were selling it like he was hurt because he legitimately was i think it's i think it's longer than that i think it was the rumble in 2018 that's still a long time if it's longer than that then that good lord yeah but i mean that's I mean, we're going on almost two years, if that's the case. I mean, that's that guy had to work for a long time to mm. get that opportunity, and it's like it was taken from him almost immediately. American Alpha could have been something huge. We looked at them and thought they got a little bit of a Steiners vibe to them, a little bit. Like, not quite. I mean, the Steiners are one of the greatest tag teams of all time, whether you like them or not, or like individually anything they've done or whatever. They're tremendous. They're always going to be on that list. But American Alpha was the originator of us caring about tag team wrestling in NXT. It was them and the Revival. And then you got DIY and the AOP, who's not being used. They were potentially going to get used in this tournament. And they were, it was decided upon in that tag turmoil deal. Now we're not going to use them. Then take, I mean, I think we're going to see this anyway. A lot of people are probably going to end up back in NXT. Send them back to NXT. I mean, I have no idea. Like, if you're not using them, the Viking Raiders were over like crazy yeah. in NXT. You've killed them. You've given them terrible names. The Viking Raiders is bad enough. Eric and Ivar and everything else that you've done, like, you couldn't just leave well enough alone. They're yeah. on ride-along calling themselves Hanson and Rowe with uh, Sarah Logan driving them around. It's like nothing matters. At all, and they don't know how to use these people. And then you see stuff like Jason Jordan; his career could be over. Yeah, and the, we don't even know. AOP made their return at the house show here in Nashville back in July. Uh, they looked like they were right back to where they were before the injury. So I thought that they would immediately find a way to use those guys. But little did I remember: oh, they're a tag team in WWE. So we may or may not see these guys for a long, long time. And that, to me, and I said that last week, that might be one of the good things about NXT moving to Wednesday night. So guys like that, not that I'm a huge fan of AOP or anything, but like you said, those other talents who can be moved back down there and get a spotlight and at least be on someone's television screen and working and doing what they do better than a lot of people who we're seeing on Monday and Tuesday nights, doing what they can do best and in front of a crowd that appreciates what they're able to do. Yeah, so... February 5th Raw, Jordan tells Rollins he can't compete in a tag team match. Roman Reigns shows up and tags up with Rollins instead. Jordan accidentally costs him the match. They're writing him off TV. The next day, he has surgery on his neck. After that, they say he's going to be out of action for a little over a year. There's been a book that's been released and said that the Kurt Angle storyline was going to end at Mania 34 in a match between those two guys. And then Angle has said that Baron Corbin got that spot at WrestleMania 35 due to the seriousness of the injury. And in this past September, I did not know this at all, Jordan was hired as a producer by WWE. So he's done. Like his in-ring career, that seems like that's a wrap on him completely if he's a producer. I did not know he was a producer with WWE at all. That's that's really sad. I mean, he worked for a long time. I mean, he's fairly old. 
But I mean, he's real, well. He's not as old as I he's thought. Thirty years old. He's thirty years old. So yeah. he was he was there early he, because he had been in yeah, NXT for like, years yeah. before American he Alpha. He was one happened. of those guys who was down there for a long, long time, like Angelo Dawkins and some of these guys that we're yeah. seeing now. And I not too. Uh, I wonder if Ty Dillinger. It was the injury itself. And uh, uh, speaking of Ty Dillinger, uh, Sean Spears. They. Um, WWE acknowledging his existence after yeah. he got engaged this weekend to, or this past week to uh, Peyton Royce. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's the injury that really set him down that path or it was the surgery that he chose because I'm pretty sure he chose to go with the more mentally invasive surgery that Kurt had early on in his career, which probably was a mistake and led Kurt down a path of surgery after surgery after surgery. Yeah. NXT announced sale dates for full sale for TV for the October 2nd show through December the 18th. Do you think they're still at full sale through December 18th? If AEW is running nine and 10,000 seat arenas and they've got 400 people in the seats, if AEW is actually outdrawing them in the ratings too? No. Vince ain't going to let I that go. Because Vince has a bigger, a bigger bank account and can take that loss. How do you think uh, NXT does if they go on the road? On a week, I mean, remember weekly, we've seen them in like weekly. War Memorial Auditorium when they've had like Shinsuke Nakamura right, right. and Finn Balor and on a, a lot weekly, of those guys on a weekly basis. I don't think you, I don't think they're going to draw all that well. I, I unfortunately, I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, what happens if I mean if the TV works out, then maybe they do a little better. But even so, I mean, Ring of Honor runs eight hundred seat arenas for years and years, and they're probably in the worst shape they've been in a long time. But NXT. There's only you just can't stretch that entertainment dollar, but so much. Yeah, but the WWE can absorb those production costs a lot easier than True. AEW can at this point. And um, I don't know. I think if we do, it's going to be we're going they're going to be still seeing trips to some of the random cities that they do, just because of the price of doing business in that state or in that city will be much less than it would be going to chicago or going to new york or la or any of those places i just feel like buying a ticket for the wednesday december 18th nxt at full sale risky i mean you can buy it but you might actually be getting a refund on that yeah. thing because i if they take a road trip yeah vince was going to see how aew looks on tv for about a month and that might be about it for full sale and that was a fun place to see a show if you never got a chance to see it or maybe you should buy a ticket now but buy one for the september show just go ahead yeah, and throwing right. that out there we'll see you next week enjoy your labor day this is Square Talker Radio 104.5 The Zone.